0: The first question that is asked of every one of us at birth, sometimes after making sure we're healthy but often not, is whether we are a boy or girl. This question is problematic for at least two reasons. Firstly, it allows for no recognition that we may not actually fit into either of these two limited categories. And secondly, along with the label, we are assigned a whole bunch of roles, norms, values and assumptions that we are expected to embrace, fulfil and maintain if we are to be considered a healthy, responsible and moral human being. But we now know that many, perhaps even most, of us don't fit neatly into these two genders, and the expectations imposed on us seldom support our healthiest and most meaningful lives. Being human just doesn't work according to these limited, rigid and predictable classifications. This is extremely important, especially in the Church, which is called to follow Christ's way of love and justice, and we need to become increasingly intentional about deconstructing these gender biases through our use of language. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Progressive Worship Podcast from SacredEyes.com, where we explore all the ways that our worship shapes and defines our lives. I'm John, and today I want to explore the challenging and important topic of language and how it impacts our experience and understanding of sexuality and gender. And I want to chat about how this plays out in our sanctuaries and worship services. Before we jump in, please rate this podcast and share it as widely as possible. It really helps others to learn about the Progressive Worship podcast so that they can benefit from the work of Sacred Eyes too. And make sure that you subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you would like a written transcript of this podcast with more detail and practical suggestions for applying these principles in your life and church, then please head over to the Eyes Patreon page and sign up. You'll get access to the full version of this podcast, patron-only content, and exclusive patron-only discounts on premium Eyes resources. You'll find the link in the description. Thank you so much. I was once a member of a church that was part of what we in South Africa called the Word of Faith movement. Those outside of this group referred to it as the Name It, Claim It and Frame It Church. At the heart of Word of Faith theology was the idea that our words create our reality. I remember how people used to speak with great passion about what they confessed and making sure that they didn't inadvertently confess something negative that could bring disaster into their lives. It's in my nature to put what I believe to the test, and so I embraced this version of faith passionately for a time. But in the end, I found it exhausting and it felt a little dishonest to constantly claim that everything was wonderful, even if it wasn't. Over the years, I've learned that word-of-faith theology isn't all wrong. Perhaps it would be more accurate to say that, in my view at least, it's a version of truth that is taken to such an extreme that it becomes distorted. There is truth in the idea that our words impact what we perceive and believe about ourselves, others, and our world. Studies have shown that the way we describe our experiences affects how we feel about and remember them, and our words do impact how we behave and what we believe is possible for us. This is particularly significant when it comes to gender. In the last two weeks, we've been exploring how God, worship and gender interact in our lives and spirituality. Two weeks ago, we chatted about the gender of God and I quoted the words of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel words create worlds. Last week we did a quick tour through the four dimensions of human gender and sexuality – biology, identity, chemistry, and spirituality. And we noted how in all of these dimensions our understanding and experience of gender and sexuality is dynamic and far more varied than our binary language would indicate. Now I want to explore this language and how it reinforces false gender stereotypes that hurt us all and diminish both our lives and our worship. Now, English in particular is a strange language when it comes to gender. We love to assign gendered language to things that have no gender, our cars, boats, computers, tools, instruments and organizations. And the language we use is always binary. From the moment we are born, we are assigned a gender. And the first question that is asked of every one of us at birth, sometimes after making sure we're healthy but often not, is whether we are a boy or a girl. This question is problematic for at least two reasons. Firstly, it allows for no recognition that we may not actually fit into either of those two limited categories. And secondly, along with the label, we are assigned a whole bunch of roles, norms, values and assumptions that we're expected to embrace, fulfil and maintain if we are to be considered a healthy, responsible and moral human being. But we now know that many, perhaps even most of us, don't fit neatly into these two genders, and the expectations imposed on us seldom support our healthiest and most meaningful lives. Being human just doesn't work according to these limited, rigid and predictable classifications. Now, our language about gender has led us to believe that certain things about gender are inherent in our humanity and are essential elements of our world and experience. Words associated with masculinity tend to be those that are strong, forceful, logical and unemotional. Words associated with femininity tend to be soft, weak, sensitive and emotionally laden. This language imprisons us all regardless of our gender. But it doesn't have to be this way, because these associations of certain characteristics and qualities with certain genders is constructed, not inherent. Of course, language is also about more than words alone. Our communication also includes tone of voice, facial expressions, and body language. The ways we interact with and express ourselves in the world include metaphors, images, symbols, habits or rituals the associations we make between ideas, and the people to whom we relate. And all of these varied elements of language are influenced by our socially constructed views and norms about gender. So does any of this language express something essential about our humanity, or is it all simply a reflection of age-old socially constructed gender biases? Well, I think it's becoming increasingly clear that most of what we have come to believe about gender and sexuality is constructed and passed down through generations, and that means it can be changed. This is extremely important, especially in the Church, which is called to follow Christ's way of love and justice. And we need to become increasingly intentional about deconstructing these gender biases through our use of language. When it comes to shifting our language to be healthier and more welcoming, there are at least three areas of focus that we need to consider. The first is God language. The way we talk about, represent and address God needs to move beyond strictly masculine terms and ideas. Secondly, how we talk about ourselves as gendered beings needs to move beyond strictly binary terms. And thirdly, our use of language in general needs to make space for more than simple masculine and feminine categories, and how we describe and classify different human expressions of gender and sexuality needs to be more open, compassionate, affirming, and positive. Unfortunately, churches are often the primary supporters of outdated and hurtful gender stereotypes and language. Even if we are theologically inclusive, our language can still reflect perspectives on God, ourselves, and the world that our theology would reject. And so if we are to be truly inclusive, welcoming, and safe places for all people, we need to make sure our language reflects that. In the full Patreon version of this post, I explore three ways we can shift our language in worship to be more welcoming, healing, safe, and inclusive. God talk, human labels, and re-languaging our texts. So if you want to explore the thoughts in this podcast in more detail and get some practical suggestions for how to apply them to your community, then head over to Patreon and sign up. It's easy to use language thoughtlessly in worship. It's also easy, in a busy week of preparation, to simply adopt the language that is given to us by our texts and traditions. But when we neglect the responsibility to watch our language, we exclude and hurt God-beloved people. It may take a little more work to be careful and intentional about being gender-inclusive in all of these ways, but it is worth it for the healing and belonging that all our people can experience when we do. So what can you do this week to watch your language more intentionally? Next week, we will explore the interface between gender and how our worship is planned, prepared, presented, and facilitated. I hope you'll join me for that. But for now, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, and may your worship define your life. I'll catch you next time.